As anyone who has been paying attention knows, the summer of 2020 has seen increased national attention on issues of race and social justice, generating a great deal of commentary and reflection in education circles. Many school districts and organizations, including KASB, have issued statements affirming a commitment to equal opportunity and justice. These statements indicate both a dissatisfaction with the current situation and a desire to change, to do better, because as the saying goes, you are unlikely to get different results if you keep doing the same things. This is about a starting point by looking at the status and progress or lack of progress in our educational outcomes in Kansas and how it compares to the rest of the country. And here's what we found. Both Kansas and the United States have made some progress in narrowing differences by race. Something has been working, but that progress has been very slow. These differences are an issue of social justice, but they are also an economic issue. Kansas is not producing enough individuals with the higher skills to provide the workforce we need, and individuals without those higher skills will struggle to earn a living, keep employed, and keep out of poverty. And most worrying, it becomes an economic trap by generations. Students from low-income families are less likely to succeed in school, meaning they will be more likely to struggle economically when they become adults with families of their own, and their children will face many of the same issues. Before we start, it might be important to look at enrollment trends in Kansas and changes in the racial or ethnic makeup of our Kansas student population. We have numbers uh, back to about 1993, and from 1993 to, for almost a decade, uh, to the mid-2000s, Kansas public school enrollment remained very flat, right around 450,000 total students. Starting in about 2009, there was a gradual increase to about 500,000 students in around 2013, 14, 15, and enrollment has remained fairly steady at that point. But the composition of students have changed dramatically. Although white students continue to be in the majority, the number of white students declined from about 380,000 uh, in, in 1993 to 330,000 in 2020, an increase from 85% to less than 65%. Black enrollment has declined slightly, but not as much, currently remaining about 35,000. Hispanic enrollment, though, has more than quadrupled from about 22,000 to over 100,000. And all other groups, including multiracial students, have increased from about 5,000 to almost 50,000. These changes in student enrollment have implications for analyzing overall student achievement because the groups that have historically been less successful have been growing faster than the majority group, which has traditionally had higher achievement. Let's turn now to some history of educational attainment in Kansas and the United States. The longest uh, record we have, longest running record of educational attainment is from the United States Census. And information on the percent of the population that has graduated high school and four-year college goes back to 1940. In 1940, 29% of white Kansans had graduated from high school, almost double the rate of black Kansans at 16%. 
In both cases, Kansas was above the national average. So there's always been a significant difference in educational attainment, partially going back, of course, to periods in American history when African Americans legally could not be educated or certainly were not educated in equal schools or expected to have equal attainment. From 1940 to 2017, the most recent year that we have data available, Kansas, uh, Kansas high school completion by white students had reached 94% and for blacks, 84%. Over that period of time, Kansas always had higher white high school completion than U.S. as a whole. Kansas had more than double the national average of black high school completion in 1940, but the differences narrowed until 2017 when the U.S. average for black high school completion moved ahead of Kansas for the first time. Next, let's look at bachelor's degree completion or the percent of the population with a four-year degree or higher. In 1940, just 4.7% of white Kansans had a four-year college degree, more than double the 2.7% of black Kansans. By 2017, bachelor's degree completion for white Kansans was almost 37% and just under 22% for blacks. Bachelor's completion for white Kansans was slightly below the U.S. average in 1940 and 1950, but moved slightly ahead of the U.S. average in 1960 and has remained there ever since. Bachelor's completion for black Kansans has been consistently higher than the U.S. average, except in 2010. So in nearly 70 years, white high school completion has more than tripled from 29 to nearly 95% for whites in Kansas, while black rates have increased fivefold from 16% to 84%. College completion for white Kansas increased nearly seven times over, from 4.7 to almost 35%. Black college completion increased nearly nine times over, from 2.3 to almost 22%. So both groups have increased. African Americans or black completion has increased at a faster rate but significant differences remain. The educational attainment data going back to 1940 is only available for whites and blacks. Other racial groups have been added since then. In 2017, for example, the most recent year, we have data available. White Kansans and those in the rest of the country did better than all other groups. Um, closest were Asians and two or more races. Hispanics have the lowest high school completion rate uh, compared to any other group. As far as bachelor's degree completion in 2017, both in Kansas and nationally, Asians had uh, significantly higher uh, completion rates than whites or the overall total, while blacks and Hispanics were considerably below the overall completion rate and completion rate for whites two or more races was somewhat similar to white achievement for that year. Up to this point, we've been talking about adult educational attainment, census data for people who are age 25 and older. Now let's turn to some information more recent and about young people, and we'll start with the graduation rate. Now we've been talking about high school completion, and that's basically the percentage of people in any age group who've completed high school or the equivalent. 
The graduation rate is different. The graduation rate is the percent of a particular freshman class that actually graduates within a specific amount of time. Several different formulas have been used to calculate this, but since 2010, Kansas and other states have used something called the adjusted four-year, I'm sorry, the adjusted cohort graduation rate, which basically means the percent of a freshman class that has graduated from high school four years after they entered. Looking at data for Kansas, we have we are able to compare the change between when we first began using this in 2010 and 2019. The State Department of Education releases data by the major racial or ethnic groups and uh, the difference between males and females. Each of these areas have seen improvement over the last nine years, but there still remain differences across these groups. For example, white males improved from 84% to almost 88% over these nine years. White females did a little better, going from 86% to over 91%. Lowest performance was from black males, but even there was an increase from about 63% to almost 77%, one of the bigger increases. Black females also do a little better, going from 70% to almost 84%. Hispanics range about halfway between African American and white students. So again, progress has been made, but large differences still continue. Next, let's talk about the dropout rate. And though this may seem a little confusing, the dropout rate is not simply the opposite of the graduation rate. A dropout rate or dropout is a student who leaves the high school system anytime from grades seven through 12 and is either discontinued schooling, is not known where the, the student is, is, is in schooling, has transferred to a GED program or transferred to a correctional facility where educational services are not provided. So the dropout rate is taking the number of each of these students and then dividing by all students in that grade band from grade 7 through grade 12. As a result, the annual number is smaller than the number of students who would appear to be not graduating on time because there are two different factors. Once again, there are differences among the major racial ethnic groups. The data is provided by both male and female, um, and all groups, the major races, male and female, have all seen improvement since 1994, which is the earliest year we have data available for, um, when, for example, Hispanic male dropout rate was over 7%, Black males over 6%, white males were about 3%. Uh, females in each category were a little bit less. Those have all dropped, but the relationship is there are still gaps. Uh, in 2019, the most recent year available, black males had a dropout rate of a little under 3% compared to white males that had a dropout rate of a little over 1.5% with Hispanic males about in the middle. And again, in each case, females doing a little bit better. Next, let's take a look at Kansas state assessments. Under federal law, Kansas and all other states give state tests to students in math and reading every year. It's given every year for reading and math in grades three through eight and once in high school where they're given at the 10th grade. These tests are designed to measure the ability of students to understand and use math and English language arts skills and knowledge 
as required for post-secondary readiness. So this is a higher standard than we've had in previous state tests. Students are placed on one of four levels. The first level, limited, is really unsatisfactory. Students don't have the ability to use these skills effectively. Level two is, is called basic, and that might be considered a minimal level, a, a on-grade level, or passing level. Level three is where these abilities are considered actually effective. This is the goal we're trying to get to, and level four is called excellent. It's the highest level. As a state, the goal is to get 75% of all students to levels three and four, because the data suggests that about 75% of future jobs will require some type of post-secondary education. This requires getting many more students prepared for post-secondary education than we've done in the past. Looking at student performance across all grade levels, we see significant difference based on race and ethnicity. Uh, throughout the last five years, approximately 40% of white students scored in the top two levels, uh, effective or excellent ability for post-secondary success. Only about 20% of Hispanic students were at that level and only about 16% of African-American students. Those numbers tended to drop somewhat between 2015 and 2017 and have been mostly flat since. If we look only at students in high school or 10th grade on these two tests, the numbers are even lower. About 30%, a little more than 30% of white students are scoring in those top two levels compared to the 75% goal. And only about 13% of Hispanic students and less than 10% of African-American students. Now, it is important to understand that these are rigorous tests as compared uh, to other tests around the country and looked at by experts. These are higher standards than what we've expected before from a minimum competency level or a grade level. But it still remains student performance is below the target our State Board of Education has set and major differences still exist across white students and the major groups of students of color. The final thing we'll look at is Kansas performance on the ACT college readiness test. The ACT is a measure of student preparation or readiness for post-secondary studies. Most students take the test as high school juniors, but can take it as a sophomore or a senior. Results are provided annually for students in each graduating class, regardless of what year the students took the test. In recent years, approximately 70 to 75% of Kansas students took the ACT. And those numbers are expected to increase when the Kansas legislature began to provide funding to allow all students to take the test at no charge, but the impact of that change has not yet been seen. For decades, the ACT has provided composite scores for academic areas in English, mathematics, reading, and science. But since 2006, ACT has calculated what they call a college-ready benchmark, a score in each of those four areas that indicates the students is likely to be successful in beginning-level college courses in those same areas. Looking at the results for Kansas uh, for 2019, the same patterns that we've seen in state assessments apply. About 
48% of white students scored uh, at, uh, had, were at college ready on three of the four benchmarks. That's a little below Asians at 58, 54%. About 24% of Hispanics scored uh, at college ready on three of the four, and 13% of African-American students. Over the past five years, performance of white, black, and Hispanic students has dropped on the ACT, while Asian students' performance has increased. Several of the smaller ethnic minority groups are, are so small that there tends to be a lot of fluctuation from year to year. All this data shows how different groups are doing on key education measures in Kansas. School leaders can find information about their own school districts for graduation rates, dropout rates, state assessments, and ACT scores from your district or the Kansas Department of Education's Data Central portal. What it doesn't show, or what those sources don't tell, is why these differences occur and what to do about them. That will be the subject of future conversations. Thank you for your interest in this topic. For more information, you can contact me, Mark Tolman, at mtolman at kasb.org.